0: Well, hello there, podcast listener. Welcome to Dads Review Kid Shows, the podcast about dads who review their kids' shows. Now, I know what you're thinking. Ben, how on earth are we supposed to keep up with all this content, what with new episodes flying at us every four months or so? And also, Ben, isn't content just a terrible word to describe any kind of media? Uh, Listen, I couldn't agree more, and I thank you so much for your uh, perseverance in the face of our monstrous productivity. I hope you're not neglecting too many other family or job responsibilities. But I also hope that you'll neglect whatever you have to in order to sit down and listen to this episode, or I guess to keep listening since you're already here, because this is a fun one. I got to sit down not only with my co-hosts' voices, but also with the rest of them, because Matt and Melody came all the way to my time zone to pay us a visit one of them isn't even a dad. And before you go dashing off to give us another five-star rating for diversity and inclusiveness, it gets better. You see, just to show off what terrific parents they are, Matt and Melody brought along their kids instead of leaving them home unattended. And this impressed me so much that I thought the only thing to do would be to exploit their hyper-intelligent children and get them on the show as well. And so this is an extra fair, extra balanced episode. You're going to hear not only the grown-ups, but also the target audience talking back to the show and to each other. What will happen? Can these world-weary post-Gen Xers possibly find common ground with their wide-eyed post-millennial offspring? Well, why don't you mix yourself up something pink and fizzy and cloyingly sweet and settle in to enjoy our review of Barbie Life in the Dreamhouse. House? Okay. <laughs> Welcome to another exciting edition of Dad's Review Kids Shows, the podcast that does what it says it does, and some other fun things, too. If any people had uh, happened to walk by my house this evening and glance in the windows, they would have been treated to a view of a couple of uh, 30-year-old guys basking in the pink glow of Barbie, Life in the Dream House, (laughs) Because that's how I roll on a Saturday night. I just finished watching Season 1, Episode 3, Best of Friends, um, with a couple of my own blonde besties, so here is uh, Matt and Melody Lumpkin beside me for a a rare um, recording session in which we're all in the same zip code. I don't think this has ever happened before on this show.
1: All in the same zip code, all on the same couch. On the same couch, in fact.
2: Kind of amazing. It's our own. It's our own dream house. It's our own
1: dream
0: house. I think we're all a little confused by this show. Yes.
2: Yeah, um I, I remember when our oldest daughter came home and said that her friend's been watching Barbie Life in the Dream House. I was like no. That sounds awful.
1: You can't play with her anymore.
2: Exactly. <laughs> and then she started watching it and I started watching it with her and it was hilarious.
1: It's pretty funny. I think the friend her fr- group of friends were watching it kind of ironically, but they were tweens, so their sense of irony is a little bit questionable, uh, and and it it's a strange show in that it works. And it seems to be written to have been work for to work both for ironic viewing and for earnest child viewing for toy selling purposes.
0: In yes. other words, <laughs> yes, yeah. I don't think the show does anything that's that's going to compromise sales.
1: So I think I think before we jump into analyzing the show, maybe just describe for those sure. who haven't had the pleasure what what an episode of barbie life in the dream house is
0: like mm. and we should say this was uh i believe just a kind of a one-off it looked like one one season of shows uh produced in 2012
2: 2012
0: copyright 2013 uh by mattel mm-hmm. and was it distributed exclusively for netflix that's where we i don't think it. so
1: i don't think so i think it's another one of those ones that got dredged up by netflix through some opaque uh, bulk licensing deal where they probably got the rights to a bunch of shows and then because of the netflix dist- distribution power um it gets a renewed interest in cult following and apparently a new I, I round of, of of shows yeah
2: according to the wikipedia article it was available through barbie.com <laughs> at some point also
0: oh, it was web-based originally uh, it wow. appears
2: so, and that there uh. are some TV specials aired on Nickelodeon.
1: That actually makes a lot of sense, because one of our, our chief sort of confusions about it is that uh, Netflix is sort of grouped together half-hour episodes, but then some of them are like two storylines in a single half-hour, and then some will cram in like four or five, and they seem very short. So they would that actually makes more sense in the context of a web short than it would... Of like a regular Netflix half-hour show, right? That 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 helps actually. I thought they got kind of. I thought they got confused about what kind of show they were having. I still feel like tonally it's a little (laughs) all over the place. But um, so the show consists of Barbie and her three sisters, which I didn't know she had three sisters
2: in the Malibu Dreamhouse. In the
1: Malibu Dreamhouse, and they live in Malibu. They actually go. They talk about going surfing at Point Doom. Um, which is an authentic Malibu location, and they, they but it's not real Malibu. It's—it's it's a they live in a kind of doll reality where they're and all dolls and they all know they're dolls. Right, they're not real people. They have they have joints, and they are
0: repeated jokes about um,
2: sand in the joints,
0: sand in the joints, glitter in the joints. Yeah, and <laughs> how how they're articulated, right? What do you think, Eleanor?
3: I think that it's funny because uh, they're aware that the toys. And then they're sort of making fun of the fact that Barbie has everything. Uh-huh. Because she has this closet that talks to her and tells her what looks good on her. One time, one of Barbie's friends that isn't actually a friend, named Raquel, comes and turns her closet to evil mode. And then, I don't know why they even had an evil mode on a closet. but
0: Bad planning, yeah.
3: So then... She goes and she's like, Oh no, we're gonna be late! Ken will have to save us! And then Ken comes and has a huge map of the dream house and is trying to plot out a way to free them. And then they go in the washing machine, and Barbie's two friends, uh, three friends, they're running in the washing machine like it's a giant handgun. No, it's two friends. No, it's three because there's someone. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. But the fact is, and then one of her friends goes, "I wasn't articulated for high speed."
1: <laughs> is it Midge? i Midge not, not articulated for, articulated speed. for, for high velocity.
2: <laughs> and which of them? Which one of the the males was talking about how he was fully articulated?
0: Oh, I missed that.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: it was yeah. a little.
1: We didn't catch that episode. Oh, and you wonder out the does other. Does that? Does that? Uh, <laughs> does being a fully articulated male? Does that make you a more eligible bachelor in Barbie Life in the Dream house
2: I don't know there there are two males that are somewhat competing for Barbie's attention
1: but it seems like but Ken is clearly winning.
2: yeah they had their 43rd anniversary of holding hands on one episode <laughs> <laughs> so but um, there's another fellow named
1: I can't
0: remember Ryan
1: Ryan.
2: Who is constantly competing for Bar- Barbie's affection? Well,
1: he seems to be competing though with his own his own mirror image, as the, he's he's kind of a narcissist.
2: Oh, that too. He's a um, um, wannabe musician.
0: He has a mane of, of dark hair and wears a black leather jacket, so he's the he's
1: the uh, uh, the Yang to Ken's blonde uh, Yin, I think. <laughs> his, his, and then Barbie has her own her own dark haired um, nemesis, Raquel, Raquel. Raquel.
2: who's actually Ryan's twin.
1: Ah, uh, so Ryan and Raquel okay, okay. are twins, and they're both dark-haired, and they kind of they tend to introduce the the, mo- the gentlest of conflict into the <sighs> the uh, idyllic life in the dream house. Yeah, usually narcissism and jealousy.
3: And then Raquel also has this stuck-up narcissist brother named Ryan. And how, how can he tell you the
1: narcissist?
3: Well, because he cuts out pieces of cardboard, and... Glues pictures of himself to it and then has a closet full of those and always looks at them and says, you're looking good today, Ryan.
0: It's a, it's a pretty strong tell.
3: He also, anytime anyone has a birthday or any occasion to give a present, he gives them one of his cardboard figures.
0: I just mostly want to talk about... Ken's cargo shorts um, and, and, polo. Uh, and striped polo. and his striped polo and um but we can't read too much into it this is only twenty twelve so this is before the bannon era i think before before either politi- either before either cargo shorts or, or polo, <laughs> polo shorts <laughs> became became heavily politicized
1: <laughs> well,
0: he's he's just he's just a nice boy he's just a nice well, boy, he's Ken.
1: more than that though because he's he's also he serves a plot purpose of of being this sort of technological whiz and that he can build anything and make anything. And and he, he, there's a lot of plot reliance on the robot arm, r- robotic how like eye that lives inside Barbie's closet. Well, well, he he named created closet. closet. <laughs> he created closet. It was a character right. who is, it was some kind of computer based
2: artificial intelligence that helps
1: Barbie manage her labyrinthine closet, which is apparently, at least in one episode, a several days' walk across
2: uh, <laughs> <laughs> as, they get, they get, as they get... They get through all the outfits for her 135 <laughs> different careers.
1: It's like House of Leaves. Yeah. So, I mean, that,
0: it's a house
2: like,
1: bigger on the inside than that's the what I, This is what I actually really like about the show is that... So, you know, Mattel produced the show, but they clearly gave the writers free reign to make fun of Barbie. Mm-hmm. And Barbie, like, probably... Barbie's probably like a big deal to Mattel. Like, they probably... Like it's, it's, they're one of their biggest brands. It's consistently sold for, you know, decades. We just came from visiting my mother, who's an avid Barbie collector. Oh and we sort of still <laughs> fights with our oldest daughter about who gets to do what with which Barbie.
2: <laughs> no, you can't play with that one. I have her hairstyle just right.
1: And that's, that's like across what? That's across three generations. Do you have any Barbies?
3: Well, I used to, but I sent them all. To, I sent them all to my grandma because she likes them more than I do. <laughs> when we come and visit her, I would like to play with them. But, but it's more like playing with dolls than I don't know.
0: Well, they are they are dolls, right? Yeah. Or are they it, different? It's
3: not like I don't think it's how they're like marketed to be played with.
0: How do you play with them? Do um, do you play with do you do you think you're playing with them in a way different than what the people at Mattel assumed you would be playing with them? What's Mattel? Oh, Mattel's the company that makes the Barbies. Oh. Yeah, they also make the show.
3: Oh. Well, if they made the show, then you probably don't care how you with
1: them. Did you play with Barbies, Melody, as a child?
2: I,
3: I had four. <laughs> Astronaut
2: Barbie was my favorite. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was one of her crew. And
2: Miss Unicef was my other <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. Is that a real Barbie? <laughs> yes, I had Miss Unicef Barbie.
1: <laughs> yes, that is. So I'm some, not surprised. <laughs> surprised. That's, That's the closest you could get to like missionary Barbie.
2: <laughs> the, these I had very um progressive ants that were good to me in toy did, gifting.
0: Did your mom realize what was going on as you were receiving these Barbies <laughs> instead <laughs> of just kind of standard ballroom gown
1: Barbie?
2: They were also very pretty, so sure. I don't know.
1: That's the main thing. Yeah, Great th- posture. So that's what I want to get at with the show. Is that like on the one hand, you know, Barbie seems to be like they're already constantly alluding to her being this empowered woman with these different careers. But now maybe she's in retirement. She doesn't look like an old like she's aged beyond her twenties. But the,
2: there's a one episode where it's her birthday and. <laughs> Like, every time they're like, oh, Barbie, how old are you? Like, the vacuum cleaner would come on when she answered, or that's the, the gag of the episode, is you never actually hear, because... We
0: did, we did watch that one, and it was, or I saw that one, and I liked the gags. <laughs> well, I know she ran for president, and you have to be at least 35. <laughs> Someone else said, well, I know she's a doctor, and that takes about 11 years of school, so...
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. They're in this, this bizarro world where they're, they're kind of ageless, and... And it's, we should say it's framed as a reality Show as well, well where a- their, their names
0: <clears throat> pop up um, when they're first introduced, at least in the first couple episodes, which I found really helpful because there's a lot
1: of characters.
2: There are, there are, are cr- they, and they're all canonical dolls.
1: characters from the Barbie universe.
2: Somewhat, and they also all look very similar. They really like, do. Same body shape because yeah. they're Barbies. They're made from the same mold, <laughs> and
1: they do joke about all all Barbie's clothes fitting them perfectly, <laughs>
2: <laughs> except for Raquel's feet, for some reason, don't fit in Barbie's mm. shoes.
1: Right? She's very self-conscious about (laughs) those.
2: I really expected this to be another show that really furthered the feminine stereotype of girls are things and boys do things. Mm. And it doesn't really do that. It kind of plays on that a little bit, like with all the fashion and everything. But it also talks about, um, like, they're always going surfing and they're when Barbie gets a new car and it comes in pieces and Ken's looking at the directions trying to figure it out, Barbie just puts it together. And so it's not as she sexist does. as I thought it would be. Yeah,
1: so <laughs> the piece always falls off.
2: Yeah, but it's not an important piece. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, so the thing about Ken is Barbie gets a new car. When she finally got her driver's license, Ken gets her car, but they have to put it together. Which is just another reminder that they're toys, because if you go and buy a car, then you wouldn't have to put it together yourself. But when he does, he can't. He's he looking at the instructions upside down, and Barbie's like, "Okay, it's put together." And then, again with the poopa, that's the only part that Ken can't put on.
0: Well, we do see Ryan, who's. Who, we see that men are just as capable of being um, shallow and self-absorbed that's true. and fashion obsessed. As the as any of the girls,
1: Barbie is fashion obsessed, but she doesn't seem as self absorbed. Um, a lot of the other characters do seem kind of self absorbed, mm-hmm. and they they the other Barbie's friends are kind of in this difficult position of only existing as friends of Barbie. Um, do they live at the Dream House? Her sisters do, yeah. but
2: um, one of them lives across the street. Summer lives one across of them, the street. Yeah. One of them visits from Wisconsin.
1: Which is Barbie's hometown, is I learned. Yes. Yeah, Midge. Oh, so she's she's a she's a Midwest girl at heart.
0: Yeah, I had, she's, moved, Willows,
2: Wisconsin. she's moved
1: to Malibu. I had no idea. Well, hopefully
0: hopefully Midge uh you know, brings a twelve pack of New Glarus or something when she comes to visit. <laughs> Hope she's a good friend.
1: Yeah, Ken Ken does fulfill some traditionally male stereotypes though, in that he's 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 a fairly devoted boyfriend. He's always attentive to Barbie and trying to help solve her problems and and, uh, and, and fix things for her. He apparently built the dream house and then built the other dream house when the first dream house broke because the, right. the, the robot that he built inside <laughs> it went crazy because it got, there, there's a whole lot of this robot getting flipped. To the, there's a switch in the closet. There's, a, there's an evil button. You can switch. Yes. And, and
2: oh, the robot's been switched to he's evil. He's like,
1: oh, I found the problem. <laughs> Someone <laughs> press the evil. Someone the evil That's evil. why you've
2: been locked in the closet for three days. Sorry, girls. They get locked
1: in the closet a great deal. I, w- in the I wonder first... if
2: that is any kind of.
1: You think they're setting you are setting Barbie up for some sort of coming out? She seems pretty pretty devotedly hetero to to Ken. I, I mean, but given the, the the kind of way that the show likes to make adult jokes in a kids show, I'm surprised that there there aren't more. The most they allude to is holding hands. Um, people are very concerned about how the opposite sex perceives them, but that's about it.
2: So my biggest concern is that Barbie's always there with, and she lives in the house and the people that we know live in the house are Barbie and her three sisters. Mm -hmm. So where are the parents? I was wondering. They must be deceased. If Barbie has to be at least 35 and her youngest sister is six, Mm. um, is it Skipper that's six or Stacy, uh, Chelsea, something.
0: Wait, there are three sisters.
2: Yes, oh. there's Chelsea, is six, Stacy is ten, and Skipper is a teenager.
0: That's
2: right. So, so there's no, like it's, thirty it's like, years It's like a family of
0: vampires. <laughs> <laughs> they're 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 frozen. It they're reminds age-less. me a lot of Interview with the Vampire. Age-less. And you've got little. Uh, my
2: my theory is that Barbie's actually the mother of her three sisters, but it, <laughs> but it was like one of those hidden teenage mother.
1: Oh, is Ken is Ken the father in your in your theory?
2: I hadn't thought it through that far,
0: <laughs> but. That that doesn't work. He seems totally asexual.
1: In a in a, now, in a are are you in a safe plastic way? Are you, speaking from, are you way? speaking from experience of having examined the anatomical correctness of Ken dolls? Yes, I am. Ken, I, is, I have. Ken both Ken and Barbie are asexual. Or Barbie has those sort of molded plastic panties and so Well it depends to... on
2: the Barbie. It Depends on some of them are just smooth. Some them have the molded plastic panties. And I don't really care to discuss anymore about <laughs> the...
1: Did, so, and Ken, has, they've never, no one's ever dared to make an anatomically correct Ken.
2: I don't think that would sell very well. I
0: don't think so. I don't think okay, that well, depends on the, on the audience. Market. <laughs> so who's this show? I mean, so speaking of audience, who is this show for? Is well, it, for it
2: really appealed to our 12-year-old.
0: And her friends.
2: And her friends. And the our almost eight-year-old
0: yeah, they liked really it too. liked it as Serena well. Serena was enraptured by it as well, but she was absolutely unable or maybe just unwilling to tell me why. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's just the bright colors, or I, what I fear is she just realized, oh, there's a lot more out there that they haven't told me.
1: <laughs> That's well, the, the toy o- toy aisle I'm never allowed to go down I think unaccompanied. That, I think that... I was thinking that it it feels like the way that it's written. It feels like someone is playing dolls. Yes. I agree with you. I think
0: the show reminded me of watching like a couple of 14 year old boys playing with their (laughs) sisters, Barbies, not very reverently.
1: Yeah. That's, that's really the problem. I mean, I, as a, as a dad who's been invited to play dolls and even Barbies with my daughters, um, they, they they want you to play within the universe of the dolls, but then if you can, they also want you to add some level of humor and irreverence to it as well. And so, but there's a fine line. If you go too far outside, then they get they get pretty frustrated. So if someone's someone's playing within the universe of Barbie, but they they're also throwing in Raiders of the Lost Ark uh, yeah, uh, jokes. Guess, the Eye of Raw joke was there was uh, I didn't see that coming. At least three Raiders references in one episode. There was. Reference to Wizard of Oz. There's reference to the 50, attack of the 50-foot woman. There's a reference to... There was a Scotty uh, joke yeah, from Star Trek. Uh, Star Trek joke. And we
0: all started laughing, yeah. and the girls were just like, What? What? <laughs> what is so funny? They're not deep cuts. I mean, I have to say they're going for mm-hmm. the most, sort of most obvious jokes one could imagine for each of these franchises. Um, but they're there, and they're clearly not to entertain the very young girls who are probably watching this show. So it's either just the writers getting some yucks and seeing what they can get away with for what was probably a fairly low budget show or they're throwing a couple bones to the dads who've been forced to sit down and endure this with the daughters. I don't know. Yeah, We've um, seen
1: this in some other shows and we talked about Animaniacs and other other shows that, that really just on a totally different level. Yeah. They seem to be writing for adults and this is, not that. Um, it, it's, it's primarily about the, the misadventures of, of Barbie and friends. Um, and there is, there's a little bit of friendship drama, but it's not that deep in the way that they resolve it, it isn't particularly exemplary. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as opposed to say, <laughs> my little pony is another show we've been researching carefully for years, um, <laughs> which seems to be trying, trying to model, um, healthy ways to resolve, uh, relational tension these these characters are are superficial and frivolous and silly and that's part of the charm of it is that they're they're dolls and they're they're kind of they're interested in, like all of the accessories of Barbie's life are not about her careers as an astronaut or as a lawyer or as UNICEF Barbie <laughs> they're they're about they're about having a party or having a beach party or having a pool party
2: or driving a Convertible,
1: yeah, it's this carefree lifestyle, and so the show. Is- sun forever, yeah, forever. Oh, yeah. You read what, the, what's the forever? So Barbie Life of the Dream House is the theme song. Uh, forever young, forever sun, forever Ken, forever Ken. Can. Forever ken. <laughs> no, no. no, forever dream, forever sun, forever Ken, forever young, forever young. <laughs> so, yeah, some really- So they are vampires. <laughs> <laughs> they are
0: well, it's life in plastic, and it's fantastic because nobody ever changes. Yeah, they
1: don't change,
0: and I don't feel like the show has changed us
1: either. It's not a transformative viewing experience. It's it is definitely popcorn. I mean, I I think I think it, it could be more interesting if I mean I think that some some of the stories that my girls themselves have played with Barbies are more interesting than some of these stories. Like, um, I I can I, I happen upon the girls playing a story where. <laughs> Where what Barbie's little sister was was a sad orphan who was sort of exiled away <laughs> into the to the bed area of the bedroom
3: mm. and
1: had to like beg for clothes and and the things she needed to survive. I mean, that's a more interesting story going on than, than It's
2: also a lot darker. No, well, so
1: yeah, I don't think any
0: the, st- the
2: darkest thing that happens to Barbie life in the dream house, other than being locked in the closet by the robot closet, <laughs> is it rains. <laughs> yes, and they that's don't know what to do with the sky drool.
1: <laughs> Her friends are terrified of the rain, but good old Midwest Midge knows what to do on a on a rainy day. We never let rain or blizzards ruin our Fourth of July. If- <laughs> 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 I, I do. Lo- I mean, I I wish there was more of the like um, post Christopher Guest uh, <laughs> cuts to inter- to interviews with the camera where that's. The character's looking directly at the camera, making commentary. So the reality show-esque. Uh, because those are the where we get the insight into the characters. Like, we learn that Midge is from the Midwest. We learn that she has this <laughs> sort of homespun background, which helps her make more sense as a character. And there's less character development than there might be to differentiate all the Barbie friends that basically look like Barbie with different hair.
3: <laughs> and then they also have this weird part of the show where, like... It's like a reality TV show where they have the one person by themselves talking about how they feel about the show. So then Ken goes, Do I mind that Bobby put together the car way faster than me? No, not at all. But can Barbie do this? And then he goes, Cocaine! And that's right when my mom walks in and, sh- and she goes, Did he just say cocaine?
0: <laughs> you mentioned the Cardassian elements of this. I mean, it, oh. it does feel like this show... As it's sort of conceived, maybe couldn't exist without reality shows like the Kardashians.
1: I am blissfully ignorant that I know that that show exists, and I saw it once in a doctor's office um, to my horror. But I, I think in that in the show, I, the episode I watched, they were getting ready to have a party. So in that sense, it's very much like Barbie Life. Yeah, just on. in as much as
0: I think every every episode we saw centered around either going shopping, having a fashion show, or preparing for or having a party
2: or going to the beach,
1: go to the beach. Right.
0: Or getting
2: ready for a date. Yeah. Just those things.
1: So, so in that sense, that's a kind of a darker turn for the show is that it's sort of the training bra for, for these, (laughs) these girls (laughs) getting their cues for what womanhood is from the Kardashians.
0: That was my thought. Like in and of itself, I, this show strikes me as pretty harmless after watching a couple of episodes I'm a little more relaxed about Serena watching it than I was when I <laughs> walked into I... the room and and stopped frozen in horror by <laughs> the fact that she had switched over from uh
1: nice quiet Voltron what, to <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wait a this was this was independent or this was at the behest of our our children visiting in No, your this was uh, this was a number of weeks ago and she
0: discovered it all by herself and I sort of
1: ordered her to turn it off until we could watch it together. Oh um, <laughs> and she, she shades, was shades she, of your christian upbringing fred fredzo
0: so, so and
1: she was she was very displeased um
2: I, but, I had but a similar you know, i was like
0: there can't possibly be anything even a little bit redeeming about this
2: i had a similar reaction when eleanor said i want to watch this i was like no i failed i failed i failed i failed as a feminist well, i i
1: think i think this does this is maybe something that might be broad, more broadly interesting and in a question that we come back to again and again and probably our listeners do as well as parents trying to figure out what are these shows that our kids get into? How are they shaping them? Or what are they, what realities are they creating for our kids and what possibilities like, so, so do like, is it best practice to sort of shut down the, you know, we don't, we don't have anymore the practice of like, we're all going to sit down and watch TGIF together and comment upon whether Urkel or is a fair representation of African American life in America. <laughs> uh, we don't, we don't get to have that anymore. So I find that there are actually very few shows that, that, we w- or very much few opportunities for all of us as a family to watch a thing together. We've been actually trying to carve that out more and say, um, have like a family TV show sharing, uh, night. So everybody gets to, everybody gets a turn to pick a show well, you a like and talk about why you like it. Um, but it, whereas in our homes- kids, this is game of Thrones,
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know? game of Thrones one night, Peppa pig the next. <laughs> it's great fun at our house. <laughs> oh, Daddy!
1: Why did he gouge out his eyes?
0: I prepared this fold-out
1: flow chart too. <laughs> <moment>. Yes, <laughs> here's what you need to understand about the Lannister family. So, but I, I just mean that, um, like, I, I grew up my, my family sort of shutting down choices that I made about television. They're like, they might adults might come in and catch me watching some show that they perhaps they didn't watch, and either ridicule it and ask me to change it, or just turn it off. Yeah. And so that's, that was that's my an, programming too. And it's not, that's not an entirely affirming experience no, about, no. about the choices as you begin as a fledgling uh, sort of teen to start making your own media choices. Um, and so, I mean, I like the idea better of joining in and watching things. I mean, some stuff is just, just terrible. I mean, it's, I mean, that's, this podcast exists because many of us dads felt like we were sort of having to watch terrible programming and wanting a space to, to vent about it, or at least to, to go a little bit deeper in understanding what's going on. But I, I, <laughs> before I, before I, I lay my cards on the table and let my kids know what I think about a thing. I, I want to at least hear what it is from them that they find so interesting about it or what drew them to the thing. And maybe that's, maybe that's expecting too much. I mean, my older daughter is as, is as excessively verbose as I am. And so um, she has no shortage of ability to talk about it, but you know not all my kids are, maybe able to articulate what what drew them to a show or what they what they enjoy about it. My middle daughter is, is become infatuated with my little pony after my oldest daughter sort of rejected it um, after a short period of enjoying it. And but she couldn't really tell you why.
2: The middle daughter couldn't tell you why she likes it. Right. Because she is as quiet as the older daughter is supposed. <laughs>
1: yeah, so I mean I I want to watch it with her and then I mean i I, I, when I was watching Life at the Dreamhouse I was just kept looking over across the room at the other couch where the girls were sitting and sort of looking at what are the things that they find funny what are the things that they find interesting like what just because they're not going to be able to tell me, but I want to kind of figure out like right we were we were all laughing at different places we
0: yes. it's like user
2: <laughs> testing.
1: Did you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. What's resonating? Here? It did, yeah, it was like a focus group. Did they? Did you notice any patterns? What was?
1: I mean, there's a lot of slapstick. There's a lot of slapstick comedy in in Barbie Life in the Dreamhouse. People fall a lot. People get knocked over. That stuff works for even the youngest of kids. Yeah, it's true. Um, I mean, and, one know. of these days I'll get around to introducing Serena to the Three Stooges, I, uh,
0: <laughs> which I'm, I'm, I fear may turn out to be actually like a lot more violent than. I'm really comfortable with her think, watching her. I, just she, I she'd really enjoy it. I hope so. She was really impressed with Buster Keaton for about five minutes, and then got <laughs> bored and wandered away, and it broke my heart.
1: <laughs> it's the hardest thing whenever you share your treasure media with your children, and they're like, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't get this. Although, on that, on that point, though, I, this is the same weekend in which my, my eldest daughter discovered a mysterious moldering box in my, in my mother's uh, storage area filled with my comic book collection and then to my great surprise just began digging deeply through it and pulling out uh comics to share with friends and to read herself and this she's currently working through batman comics and uh, has a stack of spider-man to work through after that So pretty great yeah i mean i i was reading through some of them and kind of was horrified at what i found but um i mean it's it's pretty it's pretty bad <laughs> writing and it's pretty squarely aimed at teenage boys power fantasies but um for if she's interested in it, I'm happy for her to engage. We, we, we still
0: prefer to see her doing that rather than uh, playing with your old Barbies. So. <laughs> well, I'll
1: tell you what. She's definitely critiquing the the feminine the portrayal of the feminine uh, in those books. Oh, yeah, she is. I mean, Mary Jane in The Amazing Spider-Man, circa 1990s, uh, is pretty much exclusively pictured in lingerie or skin-tight dresses. And my daughter was keen to observe this and and question why, what is this weird bathing suit that she's wearing to sleep in? It serves the story. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why do
2: all the women wear these?
1: It's an important question for Must comics. Must be really comfortable. she's <laughs> no, She's under no illusions. I mean, she's this isn't her first um, objectification of women that she's observed. Um, so I mean, I, I, in a way, so, I'm proud that she, she sees is- that
2: why it surprised me so much that she wanted to watch Barbie life in the dream house, because it, in my mind, it was Barbie is a fashion doll where the whole point of Barbie is to dress her up in different clothes to make her look like, to see how the clothes look and to, she has this life of luxury, which well, is that's very shallow. Well,
1: and that's a key difference though, is that I think, I think Barbie is the, is the feminine projection of, of a feminine idea, a feminine Um, reflexive view of self of what would be appealing to the male gaze. I don't know any men that think Barbie is particularly attractive in the the way that she's portrayed in her body shape or whatever. She is a feminine ideal of the feminine. She's not a male ideal of the feminine. Hmm. If you want to see the male ideal of the feminine, you have to look in the pages of comic books. They're very different figures. Yeah, I think that's right.
2: And and the fact that she has 135 different careers is... The female idea
1: of... Well, that's an interesting point as well, because that's a, that's a bit of a tack-on for Barbie. I mean, Barbie didn't have careers up until women started having careers.
0: Always feels like a little bit of tokenism to me. A little bit of, of corporate um, keister covering on
1: Mattel's part. <laughs> See, we're progressive too, and Barbie can have this life that's all about serving food and having parties and putting on, try on clothes, because we also will give you the clothes to enact career fantasies. But all the equipment that you can buy is... Uh, you know, her going horseback riding or driving to Malibu. And Ken's always waiting.
2: <laughs> I don't think Ken has a career either.
1: His career seems to be to wait around I, I and solve Barbie's problems. I
2: think he's a kept husband or kept boyfriend. Did they ever get married?
1: It, he does seem to be lurking around the dream house quite a bit. And he, he built the dream house. Although to our, in the perception of our eldest daughter, at least there is some um, reversal of the traditional, narrative uh, tropes of the the damsel in distress and Ken coming to rescue her. Would you agree there's kind of a lack
0: of strong masculine presence in that show? You've got Ken, you've got
1: Ryan.
3: Well, yeah, but at least they expanded Ken's role from just being a dopey um, dopey Mm -hmm. boyfriend with really weird hair. He's the one who invented closet, and he's the one Mm -hmm. who... um, but he's also the one who causes problems. Like he's the one who invented the the evil button on closet. Yeah, why would he
0: put that on there? Yeah. So he's sort of like he's like Scotty on Star Trek, but he's he's kind of incompetent Scotty. too, right? He's the engineer. Hey. Keeps everything running, but he also causes problems accidentally.
3: I know a Scotty.
0: There's so something kind of creepy about. Him. Can installing what is essentially a surveillance
1: robot <laughs> in Barbie's in closet where she changes clothes
2: and and the robot won't let Barbie leave because her capri pants are half of an inch too short
0: for it's, it's kind of like Jeeves and Bertie, you know. No, sir, you mustn't. You really mustn't leave the house with that uh, with that particular hat. It's rather gauche, sir.
2: It's kind of like being a parent, too. <laughs> I
0: guess that's right. Wearing shoes and the pink shirt, no, honey.
1: <laughs> <laughs> On the whole, though, I, I would say that it's that it's a, because of the kind of self awareness of the writing and the like the, the the kind of ridicule that they bring to this genre of like, yeah, forever party, forever young, like the way that they're constantly sort of making fun of that in a tongue in cheek kind of way makes it feel safer in the sense that. It's hard to come away from this as like an idealized. Like, I, I, I have heard of people saying, watching the Kardashians, saying, gee, wouldn't that be a great life? A life of sort of apparent, eternal um, going to the spa and and going on dates and going shopping. Um,
2: you don't really walk away from Barbie, Life in the Dream House. Thinking, no. I'd like to live like that. No one could. In a house with 36 hot tubs and only one bathroom. No one bathroom. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> Yeah, the 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 Dream House itself is, is a kind of interesting Although conceit.
2: I, I would love to have the food preparation from the Dream House where the table just flips over and there's your meal already. It's like the
0: replicator on the Enterprise. Unless yeah. unless wonderful. Summer
1: is a visiting house guest and she's eaten everything. Is are the little flip tables, is that a nod to
2: That's a, the, a
1: it's a Barbie accessory. Okay.
0: Yeah, okay.
2: there's a table at, at um my mother-in-law's house where you turn the birthday cake and it flips from a, sp- a plate of spaghetti right. to, uh, is it cupcakes? Cupcakes, yeah. Oh,
0: it's yeah. like Transformers for God. the girls. The
1: cupcakes. girls are, were most interested in this table. Even the two-year-old thought it was just fascinating to flip to <laughs> those cupcakes over.
2: She played with it for a very long time.
1: Well, I think we both feel a little bit
0: better about this show yeah. than we did starting off. And Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm going to give it... Um, one inflexible uh, plastic thumb up,
1: <laughs>
0: but <laughs> I'm I'm happy to, I'm happy to give it a, a, a an unalarmed <laughs> meh. Um, and and if uh, Serena wanted me to sit down and watch it with her, I would I would cheerfully do so for for a little while. And they're so as we've said, they're popcorn. They're so painlessly uh, fleeting. Yeah, that, uh, it's not a big time really investment.
2: Really short. Episodes. If like, you think of
1: them as web shorts, it, it makes a lot more sense. Really if that's where does it came from. Make I'll sense. be curious if in the new episodes, if they do if they do a little bit longer form. The, the first, the it first, was more character development. Season or... one, episode one was just two, there were was, was two 10 or 15 minute episodes, and they were actually a little bit better. I think a little more satisfying narratively, and that they actually went somewhere and, like, you know, Barbie is trapped. This is probably the pilot, I guess. I so, so Barbie is trapped in the dream house and has to escape, and it's pretty elaborate. Uh, series of events of her escaping, and and there was a B plot with a fashion show that she had to get to, and all the rest of them are just pretty straight. Like there's a thing that's happening, here a thing happens, and then it's over. Hmm. Um, and so I, I was actually wishing that they they went a little, they did a little bit more in each episode rather than just skipping ahead. Well, when did R. Ar- when did R. Kelly's
0: "Trapped in the Closet" song come out? <laughs> It was around, it's around this, era. around this time, right? They could have done a lot more with that scene. <laughs> yeah. Well, golly G willikers, that was enough hilarity and prodigious cultural incisiveness for one episode, don't you think? Thank you so much for listening. And thank you also for hearing us when we debase ourselves to implore you to go by iTunes, leave us a review. Uh, I know everybody in podcast land says that, but, you know, there's a reason for that. Um, And frankly, we're even more interested in you engaging with us, so please come by Facebook and or our website. Leave us a comment. What are you hate-watching and or forcing your own children to watch for their own moral development? We want to hear about it. Our music today was composed by Matt Lumpkin and editing... By Luke. Now, go see what your children are doing.
1: What was he doing when he said K-ken"?
3: Well, he's I like, like, like making this arm movement like a gorilla. He stands up, and I can't show you because we're recording. But he kind of like squats and like and puts his arms in like this.
0: Well, you can learn a lot from a TV show.